0: Today's on Podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more.
1: Ladies, ladies and gentlemen,
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Thursday. We hope as you head into this weekend, we know things are really busy uh, at your church. We know that you've got a lot going on and we're just honored that you would take some time out uh, to just pause and reflect and grow a little bit. So thank you uh, for putting us in your your earbuds. Today, we're honored to have Brent Dolfo from Leadership Network uh, with us. Uh, for folks that don't know, Leadership Network, I think, I always like to say the Leadership Network guys are the smartest guys in the room. Uh, they're an organization uh, that really is dedicated to try to really see 10x impact happen um, in churches. They really are trying to network together um, thinkers from churches, and not just thinkers, but doers from churches that are making a, a big impact. And Brent is a part of the team there. He's uh, grand poobah of all things leadership development. So Brent, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, give us... How you describe Leadership Network and then what you do there?
2: Yeah, Leadership Network uh, gathers uh, large church leaders together to innovate, to think about new ideas, but also to how to turn them into reality. So moving from ideas to implementation to impact. And so we do two kind of um, gatherings. One are sort of lead team gatherings uh, that gather around to to work on a particular question. Uh, and make impact, or the other uh, group are more senior leader of senior pastors that are gathering together to learn from one another. But the all the idea is how do we turn vision into to action? How do we take good ideas and make them into good strategies and good ministry?
0: Very cool. Now, if you've been listening to the Unseminary podcast recently, we've been gone through this run of really interviewing executive pastors, senior leaders from some of the fastest growing churches in the country. And it seems like leadership development is a core theme at all of them. Churches that are making an impact have figured out how to develop leaders, release them, um, you know, ultimately, not just in their church, but in, you know, the, the world around them. Um, obviously, that's been a part of what you've been wrestling through. That's been a part of the story there. I wonder if we could, you could give us a sense of some of the lessons you've learned as you've been interacting with leaders in some of these ch- churches.
2: Yeah, and what I've been doing is I've had six or seven cohorts of <laughs> large churches, 10 or 12, that'll gather for two years together to work on creating a, uh, an excellent leadership development pipeline pathway and talk about all the elements that go into making that really work. And the first one that we've discovered that's really in question is what I would call the why question. Mm. They have developed a narrative by which why we, do we need to develop leaders? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the narrative is around either we're, we're a multi-site church and we want to plant more multi-site locations. It can be we're a church planting church. We want to plant more churches. It can be that we want to really make an impact in our community and we don't have enough leaders to do it. And so everybody has sort of had this idea as multiplication or or community impact or growth leads us to this crisis of if we don't develop more leaders, we're not going to be able to do all that. Mm. And because there's this um, other narrative going on in the church, which is more consumeristic, meet my needs, uh, develop programs for our people. Uh, if you if you lose sight of the expansion or multiplication narrative, usually what happens is leadership development falls off mm. uh, of the agenda.
0: Now, the why is this is this more specific or in the churches you're seeing more specific than just kind of the Great Commission sort of? Yes, we're trying to reach everyone in the world.
2: Yeah, it's more particular to here's what we've been called to do. Here's what the piece we own. And that's really stretching us and we don't have enough leaders to do it. And so if we don't lean into leadership development, we can't go after that next community, that next city, uh, that next neighborhood, that little middle school that we want to impact. If we don't have enough leaders, we can't do that. And no one's going to produce them for us. Mm. They're not going to show up on our doorstep ready to roll. We have to do that. And so this, this crisis of scope, our scope is too big given the amount of leaders we have. Churches do a great job with leadership development, have a narrative that's very personalized towards why they need to develop leaders.
0: Hmm, very cool. Make it really uh, pedestrian, so it's really going to take it up and, and run with it. Uh, yeah. Is there a church that you think does, the, the kind of is a shining example, that they've done a really good job on that? I'm sure there's a lot. Obviously, you've dealt with a lot of churches. Is there anybody that kind of jumped to the front of mind for you?
2: Yeah, I think the guys that I really would uh, talk about would be the guys at Community Christian in Chicago, Dave mm-hmm. and John Ferguson, uh, the New Thing Network that hosts the Exponential mm-hmm. Conference. Those guys have done a really good job of, of creating a passion within their people is that... Uh, we're here to help people find their way back to God and there's so many pockets around uh, Chicago that People need to find God. There's so many churches we need to plant in the world. Mm. And so everybody grows up with this idea that the only way we're going to get there is if we develop leaders with passion and giftedness and calling that can go do those things. And they do a fabulous job uh, with that.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Uh, what's another? So why question? That's obviously a big. What are some of the other things you're seeing? Coming yeah, the other
2: into? thing The other thing that I would say uh, is... Um, uh, churches do a really good job have come to a point where they have developed a good apprenticing model of Mm. leadership development in the old days it used to be go to this class or go to seminary or go to these places and then you're gonna be a leader and I think what everybody's realized now is you know the way Jesus developed his guys was come with me and we're gonna go do this cool ministry stuff and you're going to learn how to do it and then I uh, I didn't tell you this part now I'm going to actually go send you to go do it yourself. <laughs> and so churches have taken that that are doing a great job in leadership development have really doing a re- great job of apprenticing new leaders. Mm. Uh, every leader has an apprentice. Mm. Every leader has somebody that they're trying to develop and that becomes part of their culture of uh, mm. what of what they measure, what they value. Hmm. And uh, so that's something that they do really really well and Tied right along with that is what um, um, uh, Michael Fletcher at Matta Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, would call shoulder tapping. Mm. Or guys of Community Christian call I see in you moments. Mm-hmm. It's having that elevator pitch of why the kingdom is so critical mm. and what this role that I do is so critical in the kingdom. And I would I see so many great things in you. i, I calling out things I see in you. And, hey, would you love to learn how to do what I do? Would you love Mm -hmm. to be part of the team that we can kind of lead this together and I can teach you how to do that? And so really calling people into a life more than just consumer Christianity and getting in the game, so to speak, and then having a model by which apprenticeship looks like. And apprenticing isn't a new concept, but everybody knows what's our model here. Mm -hmm. What are the steps that we Mm -hmm. do here? And it can be as simple as simply saying things like, you know, it's going to be I do, you watch. Mm-hmm. Then the next phase is going to be I do, you help. Then the next phase will be you're going to do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to help. And then you're going to do it, I'm going to watch. And now I've apprenticed them into all the things necessary to lead in mm-hmm. at that level. And so apprenticing and that apprenticeship model and calling people into that with I.C. and humans are critical going to have a great leadership development culture
0: in your church help me understand this so i so i i see that in so many churches where you know apprenticing is core really to how they're going to you know impact their culture there's this interesting i would say um uh, conundrum in a lot of churches where you know the the senior leader the person that's leading the organization senior pastor lead pastor or whatever core to their function typically not all the time but a lot of times core to their function is like a teaching experience yes. where they're yeah. and a lot of times they're the primary communicator for you know maybe be 30 weeks a year you know the vast majority and there seems to be a, a a, a lack or a, or it's harder to get that apprenticing going with that particular piece of what what so many growing churches are um you know trying to do obviously this pushes a bit of the succession issue uh, pushes a bit of that conversation how are churches how are churches that are able to develop an apprenticing culture how are the senior leaders in that able to articulate that in a way when maybe their core function, teaching, yes. they're not doing that in?
2: That's an excellent uh, an excellent question, a very excellent question. And what we've discovered is sort of the next principle mm-hmm. is that somebody on the senior team has to wake up every day thinking about apprenticing and developing that mm-hmm. apprenticing and leadership development culture. So the high-performing churches that are larger, that can afford to, uh, have now someone on their lead team that's in charge of leadership development across everything that they do. Mm. And I would argue that uh, a larger church needs somebody that at least 70% of their job is just developing that throughout the whole organization. Now, the interesting thing that I've observed is people staff to what's important. Right people staff to what's important and so for the senior leader even though his job may be primarily communication or the executive pastor it's sort of managing the craziness of making everything happen mm-hmm. uh, if they realize that leadership development is critical to them accomplishing their vision they will staff to it mm. and it doesn't always need to be a full-time person but somebody has to wake every day reminding everybody mm. you know as you think about strategic planning for a church We plan how much money is it going to take, uh, how many strategies are we going to— but very seldom do we think about how many leaders are we going to need to get that vision done, and who's tasked to make sure that we stay on point on getting that piece of the plan done. And that's what excellent churches do because, as we all know, Sunday comes along with an alarming frequency. Mm. (laughs) And the scream of just getting Sunday done— uh, and you got to have somebody worrying about this. It's, it's a, the analogy that I use sometimes is a great uh, Major League Baseball team and, we're, um, and they have rookie ball, uh, they have single A ball, double A mm-hmm. ball, triple A ball and they have somebody who's in charge of the farm system. Right. And so as the church develops, the mindset is as we're developing leaders through all the levels of our pipeline we gotta have somebody keeping their eye on that ball.
0: Cool. Do you have time for maybe one more of the 10 before we keep moving Yeah, we
2: have. uh, And the other thing that I would say is that uh, people have really worked through their um, leadership pipeline. Now, Mm -hmm. some people don't like that. They think it sounds mechanistic, but it can be pathway, whatever word you want to use. And so here's a question that I usually ask pastors. I say, um, for those in your church that are leading a small group of leaders, Mm -hmm. a group of 8 to 10 people, what do they need to be great at in your model to be a great leader? Mm. and most senior pastors give me kind of a blank stare like uh, (laughs) I don't know and I would argue argue that needs to be crystal clear that if I'm serving in the first impressions team and I'm leading a small group I'm leading in the youth ministry I'm an usher Um, and anywhere I serve if I'm leading a small group of people those key things that need to be true about me need to be true across the whole church. Mm. And I would argue that 80% of leadership is the same in a church. 20% is just the context by which I do it. Mm. And so Mm. I can't build leaders with the end in mind if I don't know what the end in mind is. Mm. I can't build leaders unless I know what are the four or five key characteristics I'm trying to build into the the people. And then you think about the next level of leadership because typically a church has four or five levels of leadership. Mm -hmm. The second letter is, Who's giving coaching leadership to those small group leaders? And what do they need to be great at? Mm -hmm. And again, the blank stare. But for a church to actually work through every level of leadership, all the way up to the lead team of what are the four or five things they need to be really great at, a church cannot build with the end in mind. So churches are doing a great job, have done the hard work of staff alignment across departments that we're all building leaders that have the same kind of Mm -hmm. end in mind. They may do different functions in terms of where they serve, but what they're great at is the same.
0: Yeah, that I think that's a huge insight. I, I can that's a, is a struggle in the churches I've served in, where I think we get as a church begins to grow, um, it's you can become siloed pretty quickly. Yes and you end up having almost competing leadership development strategies across them so you know the family ministry they're developing a certain type of leader you know you know maybe the small groups people they're developing a certain kind you know the the people that work about the weekends well they're just worried about the weekends (laughs) um so how how have churches been able to transition out of those silos to saying how do we kind of all agree together on what kind of leaders we're trying to develop
2: well, that's one of the key roles of the person that's in charge of leadership development for a whole church. It's okay. it's leading the alignment process so that everybody's on the same page. And so that, a good a little story, um, Gateway Church in Dallas uh, was in one of our groups, and they talked about one of their problems when they got involved was if I served in the First Impression team because they had their own leadership development, then I wanted to go children's, children's ministry. I had to go start at ground level again and do all the training from the beginning because the training, everybody had their own training, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And as they went through this, they began to see what what is what of our training across all of our different ministries is actually the same.
0: Mm.
2: Why are we not training leaders that eighty percent of their training is the same, uh, the twenty percent of the context? So leading the process where you get the staff aligned to what's the what and the how. Uh, And then what happens is we're now building with the the end in mind. But if you don't have somebody who works up every day, wakes up every day, kind of helping connect all those hoses and getting that process together, it's really hard to ever get over that hump.
0: So now, how does leadership develop or leadership network help with this? Obviously, you've kind of intimated you've got you know these groups. Um, How else are you kind of helping try to lead the charge with churches on on this this conversation?
2: Well, what we do is when we're gathering them together, we offer them this uh, two-year uh, collaborative group where they'll get to have an open source learning environment for 12 churches that are working in this particular area of leadership development. In other words, we've said this is a must-win battle for us. We've got to figure this thing out. Mm. And so being in that environment where they can learn from one another's models, because everybody comes into the process where part of the things they've got going really well, and some of them they're they're, they're terrible at, mm-hmm. some they're just developing. So they get to learn from one One another, and uh, we make them come with their lead teams, so that the decision makers can actually decide what needs to happen. And part of the process, we bring in some outside experts of other models that are doing really a great job. And then we make them do a plan. Okay, in the next six months, till we're together, what do we got to work on and get on to get this done? And when they come back together in six months, they actually have to report back on their progress. And in between meetings, I do coaching with uh, each of the teams just to kind of make sure that they're moving things along. So the end, the idea at the end of the two years is that you've got everything done you need to get done to have a, a great flourishing leadership development uh, process. Now we're sw- switching things up a little bit. We're starting something called The Hub where we'll have four or five of our topics together at the same time. Where we'll meet three times mm-hmm. uh, to get this done. Uh, but that in essence is our process. Open source learning, moving from implementation Uh, to impact.
0: Very cool. Uh, Anything else you'd like to share before we jump on to the lightning round?
2: Let's go to the lightning round. (laughs) That's great. Hey, one more thing. Let me say one more thing. The one other thing that people do really well, that do a great culture is they begin to get some measures around leadership development. What are the metrics that you use to make sure we're on track? And a couple that I'll mention just real quickly before Mm -hmm. we move to the lightning round. Mm -hmm. One is, I always tell people, think about um, uh, what percentage of your current leaders have apprentices? That will tell you where you're going to be in two years with the number of leaders you have. And Mm. so if you can begin to measure that. The second one is what percentage of your staff have you raised up for within? Mm. Because that's a lagging indicator. That'll tell you how well we've done in the past. So measures uh, and keeping a scoreboard or a scorecard, if there's something about leadership development, that also really helps do a great job
1: this is the
2: unseminary
1: podcast stuff you wish they taught in seminary well we're going to jump into the lightning round super
0: excited to have brent with us today with from leadership network uh, it's been a great conversation today all around leadership development and how we you know how we should think about that and things we should be wrestling through uh, brent what's an online resource you're using these days that's helping you in your ministry
2: uh, well, very something simple, uh, Gmail. Uh, nice. We can do online documents back and forth. Um, with all, so, all the Gmail family of stuff has worked really well for us.
0: Very cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's impacting your thinking or ministry?
2: Uh, one book I'm reading right now is called The Twenties Church by uh, Heather Stevens and Will Mancini. It's, uh, okay. it's uh, a look at uh, 20 churches uh, across America that have done a really good job working with millennials.
0: Very cool. Um, what's another ministry that's inspiring you these days? This one I'm leaning in on, because a guy like you that's connected to so many churches, what's another church that you're looking at that's inspiring you?
2: Well, uh, the the church that really inspires me, a couple would be um, would be Community Christian, which I've mentioned, from Chicago. The other one I really love is uh, Michael Fletcher's Church, Manic Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Mm. And a couple little interesting things, uh, that's where uh, Delta Force is out of. Mm. Uh, and they lose a thousand members to deployment every year and are still growing. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And uh, and so you know, out of they have like a hundred people on payroll. Ninety-nine of them have been raised up from people that have come to faith and been grown in wow. that context. And yep. so people that are actually doing it, I uh, love those guys.
0: Yeah, I had a chance to spend some time with them last year at at an event that Leadership Network put on. And fantastic leaders, great church for sure. Highly recommend you follow those folks if you if you don't. Now this question here might be a tricky one, but if you could get fifteen minutes with any leader alive. Uh, who would you want to get that with, and why?
2: That's a really good question. That, that's a hard one because there's so many really interesting uh, <laughs> uh, people, and I'm going to go way out on on a limb here good, and say good, good, something good. really strange that probably good. no one has ever said before. It'd be Vladimir Putin. Oh, um,
0: nice! Why is yeah. that? That's that'll be well, the first on the podcast for sure.
2: Yes. Well, I think that they're such an outlier in terms of world politics and how their world view is compared to a Western democratic world view. I would just be fascinating to crawl into his mind and figure out why he does what he does. Interesting. Interesting. That's uh, very cool. Um,
0: All right. Well, I'm sure you know you got a lot going on at Leadership Network, trying to help all these churches, dealing with tons of them at the same time. When you just want to kind of relax, kick back, enjoy life a little bit, what do you do for fun?
2: I am the president of our local track and field club and have been for 10 years. I love getting out on the track uh, with kids and athletes, and uh, I run our our uh, track meet in town every year that has about a thousand athletes at it, and so. Uh, there's something just fun about uh, getting back and helping kids be the best they can be to throw as far as they can throw and run as fast as they can and jump as high as they can.
0: Nice. Well, Brent, thanks so much for being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you uh, or with Leadership Network, how can they do that?
2: Yeah. My uh, email, feel free to contact me, is uh, Brent, B-R-E-N-T uh, dot Adolfo, good Italian name, D-O-L-F as in Frank, O, at LeadNet.org. Nice.